welcome to AMDA on the Hill, your opportunity to keep up with the latest policy and advocacy news from AMDA, the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine. AMDA on the Hill is produced in association with AMDA on the Go and available on the same podcast channel. And now here's your host of AMDA on the Hill, Alex Burdock. Hello and welcome to AMDO on the Hill, your periodic update on AMDO's public policy and advocacy activities. My name is Alex Bardock and I'm the Director of Policy and Advocacy here at AMDO. Uh, as usual, this is your uh, update on everything that we've been doing. Um, and of course, as we come to the end of the year, I wanted to provide you with sort of a, our yearly overview uh, as, uh, as we look forward into next year and look back and what we were able to accomplish this year. Uh, and overall, I would say that this is the year that we really um, went from talking about being at the table uh, and having uh, a voice on many different issues to actually implementing some of our key advocacy asks. And we have, I'm proud to say that we have been uh, present at the table. We have been part of many discussions and we were able to move the needle forward on many different um, advocacy priorities for the organization. To start with, um, we'll talk about uh, our work in relation to nursing facility payment uh, for physician services. Uh, this is an area that we have been working with uh, diligently for the last several years as the nursing facility codes and the assisted living and the home health codes all were being uh, revised and revalued. Uh, and this year, uh, we finally got the result of all of that work. Uh, CMS did finalize all of those values. And as a result of that work and a result of the hard work uh, of uh, many of our volunteers and, and the members who filled out surveys, we were able to get significant increases for the payment for nursing facility services. Uh, this comes at a time when many codes did not uh, uh, get increases, uh, but we were able to convince uh, um, the AMA RUC panel and CMS uh, that there's enough change in patient acuity and enough in the work to warrant these significant increases. And they were finalized in the November final rule and will be effective um, as of January 1, 2023. Uh, essentially, what it boils down is, is millions in additional Medicare reimbursement dollars uh, for these services. And what we hope uh, that that brings is additional uh, clinicians or more clinicians that are able to practice in this space and sustain post-acute and long-term care uh, practices. Uh, speaking of payment, uh, Medicare payment, uh, we are actively working and there's pending legislation uh, to avert the overall Medicare physician pay cut. While the nursing facility services did uh, get significant increases, there is the threat of um, a, a four to five percent uh, cut to overall payment, which would cut into some of the increases that we've seen in nursing facility services. As I mentioned, there's pending legislation to avert uh, at least a portion of that cut. Uh, we're in active negotiations with Congress, uh, and as their omnibus end-of-the-year package comes together, uh, we will see where that leads us. Uh, AMDA has been diligent in providing updates on this in our uh, policy spotlight, uh, and uh, we are um, uh, going to have actually a series, and we've already started that, a series on all the coding and documentation changes, because there was a number of documentation changes that occurred uh, this year. And so Dr. Priscilius and Dr. Zorowitz, who have been participating in this process, uh, have started a coding and documentation series, and uh, first of which has already been recorded. We will hold another one close to the beginning of the year, uh, and hopefully you're all aware of those and are able to, to look, at, look at those as well. 
So um, what other areas have been working on? Uh, well, of course, COVID. Uh, COVID uh, is something that is, of course, still impacting to a great extent uh, the elderly population in the nursing home uh, world. And so we have been very active in highlighting the need to continue for a continued response to COVID uh, and what the long-term outlook looks like for uh, nursing facilities. We have been in discussions as always with CDC and CMS. Uh, and as the oral therapeutics have been um, promoted within the community, we have been very vocal about uh, having access uh, to all of those uh, treatments for nursing home residents and dissemination of those, how it all gets administered is something that we have been highlighting for uh, CMS and CDC and increasingly for the White House Task Force. I'm happy to report that we have been at the table at the round table for the White House Task Force discussing these issues uh, and the, our president, uh, Dr. Suzanne Gillespie, uh, was actually able to attend at the White House uh, a roundtable in these discussions, which included many other specialty societies and key leaders from the uh, administration, as well as CMS and CDC. Uh, that work is ongoing. Uh, and again, in the close to the beginning of the year, we will be holding uh, a, a, a session with uh, the White House Task Force and CMS and CDC discussing the need for an ongoing response uh, to COVID. As we've seen continued deaths among staff uh, and unfortunately residents, uh, and so how that will all play out as we move forward uh, is something that we are very, um, very much uh, concerned about. But again, uh, I would want to say, as I've been highlighting throughout uh, the, this last year, as we have moved from being talking about being in these discussions to actually being there and making an impact uh, during these uh, important uh, discussions. And so AMDA has really been at the forefront uh, of our um, uh, continued advocacy. Uh, other areas that we have worked on over the last year, as you know, um, telehealth flexibilities. Telehealth obviously is a very important modality uh, for providing care in nursing facilities as we face a workforce uh, crisis. Uh, and so uh, the flexibilities that have been around for telehealth during the public health emergency is something we want to uh, understand a little bit more about how that's worked and how it should work moving forward. Uh, and so we have been, in, again, in active discussions with CMS and Congress uh, about uh, extending those flexibilities. We were successful in extending the flexibilities for another 151 days past the uh, end of the public health emergency. Of course, the public health emergency is not over. Uh, we have gotten word that uh, it's likely to be extended well into next year, uh, as well as, um, again, this legislation that was passed that extends even beyond that public health emergency, most of the flexibilities. But beyond that, uh, we are uh, working on long-term solutions. What are the parameters around the use of telehealth? Uh, should they be? Should it be permanently used for things like the initial comprehensive assessment? Uh, and of course, that all ties into another big issue, which is, as I mentioned, is the workforce crisis. So EMDA has done a lot of work. Um, as I mentioned in these updates, to put out statements on the direct care uh, care force, uh, but also talking about the shortage of clinicians and physicians that are practicing in this space. Uh, one of the uh, one of the most popular calls, which is very unfortunate, and and I've traveled around the country and listened to you all on the ground, that and I've been told that simply there are no physicians to be found. 
to make even the regulatory mandated visits. Uh, very, there is a significant shortage of physicians that, uh, you know, even the, the 30, 60, 90 day visit is something that's become problematic. And so folks are using telehealth. They're going in to see patient, to, st to stabilize them, to uh, see what's going on, and then, you know, hoping to do this initial comprehensive assessment later on if they can find a physician to do that. Uh, uh, this is something we have now highlighted to CMS and Congress, and we have asked for a study and to look at um, whether or not um, what, what that shortage actually looks like across the country. Is it limited to certain parts of the country in rural areas? Is it uh, ubiquitous around the country in both urban and rural environments? Uh, what that actually looks like, because we don't we simply do not have good data to show us where we stand with our current uh, both uh, direct care force, but in addition, the, this physician care force uh, that we're dealing with. So that's something, an area that I think will continue well into next year uh, that we will continue to talk about. Uh, other areas uh, that, that we have had progress on. Uh, you've heard me talk about during this update about the transparency around medical directors, essentially providing a public listing of all medical directors. Uh, as you heard me say in a previous update, this has been a banner year on that issue. We've talked about it for some time now, but for the first time, we were able to get legislation introduced that would um, require nursing facilities to report their medical directors and CMS would publish that information on Care Compare. Uh, we continue to get sponsors for that legislation in the House of Representatives as a bipartisan piece of legislation. And in the new year, we're hoping uh, to have a reintroduction of our bill as well as uh, gain Senate sponsorship and more co-sponsors uh, across the board. Uh, we, of course, have asked you to help us in that regard. Uh, a lot of you have helped us. You've written many letters to asking your uh, members of Congress to sign on, and we very much appreciate that. Uh, in the new year, we will be doing a lot more of the same. And we are hoping to take the next step, which means to get a lot more co-sponsors, possibly get this legislation across the finish line. Uh, in addition to the federal effort, there's a lot of effort going on in the states. This has been a banner year, again, for moving the conversation to we need to be advocating in the states, actually doing so. Uh, obviously, California is an example that passed legislation that was impactful. Uh, we've had success in uh, North Dakota uh, that, that implemented changes to provide medical director listing. New York uh, has had a lot more success. We hear other states uh, that are working on these issues, and we're hoping a lot more states with, our, with the help of our state-based advocacy subcommittee uh, will be moving the needle even further forward uh, than it has been uh, this year. So um, we are very uh, excited about that work and we're hopeful that it will make a tremendous difference uh, in terms of moving our priorities forward. Speaking of moving things forward, uh, the Moving Forward Coalition has been formed, and that's the coalition that is trying to advance the reforms that have been put forward both by the administration and the National Academies of Sciences and Medicine report that came out uh, in about the middle of last year. Uh, we have folks on the various committees that have been formed in the Moving Forward initiative, uh, in the health IT sphere, in the workforce sphere, in the steering committee. So we are very, very involved in that conversation. Uh, we are uh, actively involved in uh, writing recommendations around the different areas of that report. And hopefully as we move into the next year, we will be moving from writing recommendations to actually talking about how do we implement them both on the state and federal levels. Uh, so that has been an important coalition that AMDA has been a part of uh, and AMDA has been a leader on, I would say. Uh, so again, another area we've, where we've gone from talking about being at that table to actually now being there and making uh, a difference as we uh, go forward. 
Uh, there are a number of other issues that, that uh, we have been tackling. There are concerns. There has been an Office of Inspector General report around uh, psychotropics. Uh, the work around the reduction of antipsychotic use continues, and AMDA is in many different conversations. Uh, we now have uh, representatives on a technical expert panel developing an antipsychotics uh, measure that is being developed by CMS. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're hopeful that, again, that work will continue to move forward into the new year and we'll be able to make a difference to ensure that there's appropriate prescribing of medications. And we lead our work on the drive to deprescribe to ensure that those medications that do not need to be used are not. Um, so that's about it. Uh, hopefully everybody has a, a wonderful new year and we hope to see you uh, all. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. Uh, and again, happy holidays and happy new year. Please stay engaged with us. Uh, and we hope to see you in the new year. Thank you very much. References from this podcast can be found at paltc.org slash policy. If you are a physician interested in obtaining ABPLM pre-approved certified medical director credits for certification or recertification, visit paltc.org slash podcast. Mm -hmm.